God wants to hear from you this morning. Come on, put your hands up. Praise God. We're all here together. start a day what a way to start a day that is never let go by spark featuring jen ledger and that song is called ascent ladies and gentlemen never let go you're never gonna let you go you know when you when you when you see somebody that you haven't seen in a long long time i know some of you have had people that have fought overseas and then they come home and you run up to them. It could be your dad. It could be your mom, your brother, your sister, your son, your, your daughter, your uncle, your aunt. They're fighting overseas. Maybe, unfortunately, they were in jail. But you've not seen them for a long time. Maybe they just moved away. And they've had a family somewhere. And then you see them. And you never want to let them go. And you say, I never want to be apart from you ever, ever again. Well, that's what it's like when you become a Christian. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you get that first embrace of God's Son, you never want to let go. It'll bring tears to your eyes at the thought of letting go. Something I will never, ever, ever, ever be able to do. Folks, thank you very, very much for being here with me today on this August 16th year of our Lord, 2023. I titled today's shows, Trials Plus Troubles Equal Treasures. So what are we worried about? If our trials of our troubles put together equal treasures, then what are we worried about? We shouldn't be worried about anything at all. I want to take this opportunity to say happy birthday to two people. Mary, I am, and our very own Tabitha. Well, I should say Corn Pop. So let me please sing a happy birthday to those two incredible, wonderful individuals who have been here for so long. God's children, God's daughters. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mary and Tabitha. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to both of you. And I would like to say thank you to the following people. CQ donated $20. Even though she's got a Slurp Fund check coming to her, she still gave something to me on my birthday. Incredible. Thank you, Twanity, for the $100 saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Kittenhead, $10. Kittenhead, $20. Uh, Dimples, happy birthday, $20. Many blessings. uh, Katie, 63, happy birthday. You are such a blessing. Kalia, Mr. Jeremy, happy birthday. Please have a nice dinner. 
with Miss Sabrina from Little David, Cammy, Cassie, and Rick. Annette, $50 for me. Do something to appreciate for you. Appreciate all you do for this family that you've put together. And honeybees, $20. Put it where God would like. Well, you know what? I'm overwhelmed. I really am. I'm overwhelmed with how kind real Christian people are. You know, I went my whole life, and forgive me if I tear up here a little bit. It's just, you know how Rise Up goes, right? I went my whole life. You know, people would say, oh, happy birthday, but you can tell the difference. (laughs) And RJ Cat, $500 donation. You guys know that I have such a hard time, but what did I say yesterday? You cannot refuse anything from somebody. It would be rude. RJ, NYGirl66, Thank you so much. I spent my whole life hearing, happy birthday. Ah, thanks, man. Let's go out and get wasted tonight. Let's go out and get drunk tonight. Let's go do some karaoke. Although I wouldn't mind going and doing some karaoke. I do love karaoke. But hearing it from you people, (laughs) you people, hearing it from you people, my LFA family, my brothers and sisters in Christ, it means more to me than any of those ever meant before. It like... Every time somebody says it, it touches my heart in a different way. And I think it's because we're giving all glory to God. There's no glory that I want for myself. It's giving glory to God. And I think, you know, giving that glory to him, when you guys say happy birthday, and I feel that kindness from you and that compassion, and I give it right to the Lord, and I say, thank you, Lord. You hear these people? You hear these people? You see what they're doing for me? That's all for you. You changed my life. You gave me hope. You gave me salvation and grace. So I just want to thank you all so very much. And like I said, I titled today's show on this August 16th, Trials plus Troubles equal Treasures. Now there's some very important stuff that we need to go over today. And I'm going to tell you a story that will bring it all together. So if we could just share this out. As many places as we can. Rumble the video. That's just clicking the thumbs up across devices, whether you're on the mobile device, whether you're on the the laptop. Race Mom said, you changed our lives. Well, thank you. I'd like to say you changed mine too. So let's go to the Lord in prayer as we're 13 minutes past the hour. And then we'll read the description. And then I'm going to tell you a story. We all like story time here on on Rise Up, right? Thank you, Miss Mocha Power. God bless you. Your heart and what you do for this family. Jeremy, do you know what time you were born? Well, unfortunately, I don't know much about my childhood prior to eight years old. Um, I know where I was born. I was born in Morrison, Illinois which is on the east side of Illinois. I know that my mom and my dad were still together, uh, but I think my dad was at the bar when my mom went into labor. And I know from what my mom said, he showed up later, but that's about all I know. I also remember stories from my mom when, when I was two, My dad went to punch her, physically abuse her, and hit me in the process, and I had to go to the hospital. I know that. I was two. And I remember leaving Illinois to move to Vermont in 1986. But that's pretty much all I remember from 1986 to 1979. So I don't know, no. To answer your question, I don't know what time I was born. I don't think my mom does either. Jump Off says, I'm outside of Peoria. You're not too far. Yeah, Morrison is not too far from Peoria. As a matter of fact, if you remember, uh, Manny's Pizza, M-A-N-N-Y-S, that was in Peoria, that's my family. That's my family. 
Um, that's where my husband was born, said Heather. Was Morrison, Illinois. Well, how about that? Look at that, JL Jazz, $44 for my 44 years on this earth. Thank you very much. Thank you. I can't afford to bless you with cash, but I can ask God to shower you with blessings. I'd much rather have the blessings. I'd much rather have the prayers. Thank you very much. Jeremy, you went through those trials to be the person that you are today and look at you today. Yeah, I, I'm... <laughs> Jeremy, when did you lose your first tooth? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know I've lost a few since then. Uh, I need some implants, I think. Uh, but anyway, thank you. Thank you, sir. Be God bless you. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Um, please remove your hats. If you're wearing one. I know everybody doesn't wear a hat. But if you are, and... Uh, In Jesus' name, let's bow our heads. Father God in heaven, Lord, we humbly come before you today in Jesus' name, who you've provided as a Savior for us, to say thank you for the troubles and the trials that you bring us through, not that you put us through. Lord, I think a lot of people are confused, but you don't tempt and you don't trouble. What you do is you offer a helping hand as a guide through the trials and the tribulations that we go through because of sin. We thank you for being our GPS system. We thank you for telling us, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Whether we listen or not, that's our problem. But we thank you for being there, guiding us and telling us. We also thank you for the treasures that come out of these trials and these troubles. Because that is your promise to us, that if we can look to you and keep our eyes on you, as Jesus instructed Peter to to do when they were walking on water together, if we just keep our eyes on you, then at the end of those trials, at the end of those troubles, at the end of those monsters, is treasure. Treasure in you. Thank you for that. Thank you for allowing me to be alive another year here on this earth to know that more intimately. And Lord, I ask that you're with us today on this Godcast. Use me as in any way that you need to to get the message to the people who need to hear your voice today. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Don't make me laugh too hard. My fillings in my teeth hurt. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Uh, Will Skip said, I told my Bible study group about you yesterday. Explain to them the backyard days and how far you've come. Well, see, ladies and gentlemen, that's what I would like. You know, we always say, you know, we only want people to remember Jesus's name. But if if anybody is to remember anything about me, uh, it would be I want them to remember that. I want them to remember the trials and the tribulations uh, and the things that that I went through in order to bring me to where I am today with God. That's what I would want them to know. So thank you guys all very much. Uh, Let's get to the description of today's show. I want to, well, you know what? Let me tell you a story. How many people we got? We got 1,200 people. That's perfect time for story time. Let's have a slip of, syrup of our uh, Rise Up Coffee. How many of you are still ordering and drinking Rise Up Coffee? I appreciate every order. But I promise you, it's the might be the best coffee you've ever had. The best gourmet flavor. Just the roast itself. You can just taste when a roast is done right. And that's what you're going to get with Rise Up. So let's have our slurp. I want to read for you today's verse. Now, I know I didn't get a verse of the day out. But let me read for you the verse of the day today that God directed me to Job 2 1 through 6 so if you've got your Bibles please open to Job 2 1 through 6 and let me read this for you on another day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord now there's another version that says the sons of God 
came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, quote, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord. From roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity. Though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Skin for skin, Satan replied. A man will give all he has for his own life. But now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, he's in your hands, but you must also spare his life. Mama B needs help for her grandbabies. Can we make this happen? Of course we can. Please email us, lfaproducer@gmail.com, and let us know, Mama B, what's going on. Okay? Now, let me tell you the story in a way that might be easier for some of you to understand. And let me fill in the gap that I believe that there is here. Now, I'm not saying that the words should have been or should not have been there. What I'm saying is sometimes when you're explaining this to people, you need to help fill in some gaps for them. And I'm going to do that right now. Thank you, Mary. God bless you all. Thank you, Mary. Thank you very much. The Lord asked Satan, I want you to listen closely now, okay? Pay attention. uh, Where have you come from? Satan answered, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. And the Lord said to him, have you considered my servant Job? Stop. What do the people that do not speak Jesus, what are they going to ask? I'm going to tell you what they're going to ask because it's the same question I asked. Why would the Lord jump right to Have you considered my servant Job from the answer that Satan gave him from roaming throughout the earth going back and forth on it? Now, there are writings that help fill in for those people that just might not make it into the version of your Bible, but you don't have to have that if you speak Jesus. But what a normie or a new person to, or even an unbeliever might ask is why would he say, have you considered my servant Job after Satan answered from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it? What was Satan doing roaming the earth, going back and forth on it? Mama, it's LFAproducer at gmail.com. What was Satan doing while he was walking and roaming the earth, going back and forth on it? He was tempting. That's what he does. He was devouring. That's what he does. He was seeking people to devour. That's what he does. And do you know how we know this? Because other Bible verses back it up in the New Testament as well that says Satan is waiting around every corner that you walk, waiting for you, like a hungry lion waiting to devour. So if Satan is walking to and fro, on the earth, back and forth, what is he doing? He's seeking out somebody to devour. So when the Lord asks him, where have you come from? And Satan says, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it, what a normal person might not understand is what is Satan doing? Because Satan's doing something. And he is seeking to devour. That's the answer. He's hungry. He's tempting. He's creeping. He's a predator. He's looking for somebody to devour. Now, I'm going to tell you a story in a way that I think best brings this entire conversation Remember I said that word, 
to light. One day, the creator of earth and the heavens and the universe, God, Yahweh, was sitting on his throne in heaven. And the angels, the sons of God, presented themselves before the Lord, our God. Now, in order to that, for them to be presenting themselves, there must be something that they are bringing to the Lord. That's what you do in front of the Lord. So the sons of God, the angels, presented themselves before the Lord. Satan also presented himself before the Lord. And the Lord said, Satan, Lucifer, where you come from? And Satan says, from walking to and fro on the earth, back and forth, seeking somebody to devour. And God says to Satan, oh, really? I imagine you're having a lot of success Let me give you another loss in your win-loss column. Have you considered my servant Job? A man who holds me in high regard so high that he will never ever leave and curse me? Have you considered him? And Satan says to God, (laughs) yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. But you've got a hedge around him. So I can't get to him. But if you remove that hedge and you allow me to get to him, oh, trust me, Father. I can make him curse your name as I do. God says, okay. He's all yours. Do with him what you want. Let me show you you're not as smart as you think you are. Go ahead, but don't kill him. That's the only hedge I'm going to keep around him. I'll remove the hedge. I'll remove the protection around him that I am blessing him with because of his servitude to me. And I'm going to show you how wrong you really are. I'm going to show you how little power you actually have. Satan says, Thank you. Peace out. I got a job to do. See you later. So, here's the moral of the story. The next time that trials, troubles, pain, agony, depression, loneliness, Cursing God, the next time, not if, but when those times come your way, maybe, just maybe, somebody was having a conversation about you. Maybe, just maybe, your name came up in a conversation that is far from human ears and human eyes to see or hear or understand. Maybe, just maybe, You are so special to God that he is having a conversation about you and allowing Satan to do to you what Satan asked to do to Job. Maybe you're that important to where God and the devil were having a conversation about you. Maybe your name came up. Now you say, Jeremy, what a clever way to explain a story and to put my name in it so that it means something personal to me. Well, let me read something for you. Maybe your name came up in a conversation. Have you ever thought of that? Do you think that since you are so special to God that he has conversations about you specifically? Think of being a child. Remember being a kid for a minute. Did your parents have conversations about you when you went to bed? Did your parents have conversations about you 
and your school? Did your father and your mother have conversations about how to discipline you? Did they have conversations about how to protect you? Did they have conversations about college? Did they have conversations about sports? Did they have conversations about your growth? Of course they did. Every day, all day. Whether you had good parents or bad parents, of course they had conversations about you. Well, God says that you are his child. Not only are you his child, but you are the most special thing to him in his life. He knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. He knows every hair on your head and every line in your hand. And you don't think that God is having conversations about you? Of course he is. If God knows you and Jesus knows you and you know Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in your body, don't be so naive to think that they're not having conversations about you. God our Father also talks with others about us and the book of Job proves it. You think God stopped talking about people once Job died? Job was a child of the most high living God who gave God everything. And when everything was taken away from uh, Job, he still praised God. So you mean to think that your troubles and your trials aren't going to equal the same treasures as Job got if you just stick with him and trust that everything is going to be okay? How many of you are going through bad stuff right now? Praise God for it. Go, to, go read the book of Job. Go read the book of Job. Let's move on. Let me, let me move on and read more into the book so that you can understand that you and Job are the same. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. Have you ever had a cold sore? Have you ever had a blister? Have you ever had a zit or a boil? They hurt. Have you ever had a sty in your eye? They hurt. Job was afflicted with sores of a higher magnitude from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, you are talking foolish. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all of this, Job did not sin in what he said. When Job's three friends, Eliphaz, the Tamanite, Bildad, the Shuite, and Zophar, the Namathite, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. And we complain. We complain. Not only did that man have his body tormented and afflicted by Satan. But his family was taken. His children were taken. His wife was taken. His house was taken. His estate was taken. His land was taken. His everything was taken. And he still... Praised God. And in the end of it all, what did he get for it? 
blessed, rewarded. Now, some have said to me, but wait, so you're just going to forget his children? You're going to forget his wife? You're going to forget his land? You're going to forget, you're just going to forget all that? You're going to forget these people existing? What, you're going to move on and have a happy new life and a happy new family? No. You don't forget, but you do move on. And you live in the present and you thank God for what he's given you today. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. That's why it's called the present. You guys know that story, right? Mary said, how many years did this all take? And the reward? Exactly. Exactly. You see, folks, like I said, when you're going through these trials and these troubles, maybe, just maybe, your name came up in a conversation somewhere. Maybe, just maybe. One-minute prayer for dads. Page 120. I'll give you some time if you've got this book with you. I know sometimes I don't always tell you the page number. I forget. But it's page 120, Handling Calamity. Proverbs 24, 16. For the righteous falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumbles in times of calamity. Chris Lartz. Well, Chris, we're going to show what you sent me yesterday here in a minute. Your story makes me even believe more, Jeremy. (laughs) It's not my story, it's Job's. Oh, my version of the story. I got you. I got you. Every dad falls many more than seven times. I can tell you that. I fall seven times a day. It happens. But these same dads get up time and time again, and they move on, like Job. Even during times of family calamity, God strengthens us every time we rise again to get back on that path. If you're facing a hard time, or family calamity, or if you've just failed in some way, get up, dust yourself off, and get back on the road. Lord, you know how many times I've fallen, both as a man and as a dad. But with you, there's always the opportunity to get back up and move on. My failures, whether large or small, are all surmountable with you. There's great forgiveness and mercy. Lord, make... May my kids also become great forgivers as I occasionally let them down. Help me order my fatherly steps so that I walk carefully, so that there are fewer stumbles in my future. And when I do stumble, please encourage me to rise up again. Thanks for the shout out, God, and carry on. May I walk in confidence that you will redeem all my failures at the very moment I am back on the road. Amen. Amen. Folks, your pains are never going to go away. Your trials are never going to go away. Troubles are never going to stop coming. They didn't for Jesus and they won't for us. But again, folks, there are treasures in trials and you always have to look at the glass half full. Always. Lart says, Jeremy, your personal story, where you come from to where you are, shows me how great God truly is. And I'm going to tell you one thing. If it's anybody who knows me, the way I grew up, Chris is one of them. We went to school together. I believe you were a great ahead of me, if I'm not mistaken. But I think we're the same age. I don't know. Maybe, we're not, maybe you're a year ahead of me, but we were in the same grade. I can't remember, but I grew up with him. We broke laws together. We got drunk together. We got high together. We formed a friendship at a childhood age that we look back on now and go, what the heck were we thinking? So, ladies and gentlemen, what I'd like to do right now, since I was asked to do so, Chris Lartz, we talked about him yesterday, and you guys know that his 
son unfortunately passed away and that we did what we could here to help him raise enough money for a memorial for his son. So I'm going to try to find his message now. There it is right there. He sent pictures and he wants us to see the pictures. Oh, they're not. Chris, the picture. Hey, Chris, can you send the pictures again right now? For some reason, it's not letting me see the picture on the on the brow on the browser here. I could only see it on my I could only see it on my uh, on my phone on my app. But he sent pictures, ladies and gentlemen, of the memorial of his son that we uh, that we helped pitch in on, and it's good to see. You know, when you when you come together for something like that, it's good to see the greatness of God. That's what it really is. It's the greatness of God. Yeah, it, see, I, I just got it again, Chris. It won't allow me, Chris, to, uh, to see it in the, in the chat section. So I'll have to copy and download them and save them and then show them maybe on tomorrow's show. But that doesn't mean I don't have videos to show you guys. But yes, you're right, Chris. You are right. People who knew me 20 years ago and know me now, you cannot believe that God doesn't exist. God is the entire reason for the change. The entire reason. Anyway, folks, I'd like to play a video for you right now. So let me bring this up on the screen. Just a video that I saw this morning that I thought that you would really, really, really like to see. I know I, I, know I loved it. But I always, I always like to show videos of people's like revelations of God, like especially people who did not believe in God. And that's what I've got for you today. <clears throat> Roll it. 18 months, one or two hours a night studying the Bible. And when I finally got to Revelation 22, I realized I'd not been able to find a single provable error or contradiction. And I found over 200 places where the Bible accurately predicted future scientific discoveries. And I still remember the night, it was like one in the morning, I went through a calculation. What's the probability that these Bible authors could have predicted all these scientific discoveries accurately without the God of the universe inspiring them to write what they wrote? And that probability was less than one chance in 10 to the 300 power. <laughs> and I was weak. My physics professor gave us an assignment to calculate the probability that one of us in the class would be killed by a sudden reversal of the second law of thermodynamics. That probability is one chance in 10 to the 80th, which is so small, no one needs to worry about ever being killed by a reversal of the second law of thermodynamics. But I had just proved to myself that the message of the Bible was 10 to the 220 times more reliable than the second law of thermodynamics. I spent eight. So ladies and gentlemen, that was an astro, an astrophysicist, an astrophysicist who spent countless hours trying to dispute the Bible from a scientific point of view. Now, Lee Strobel did this as well from a journalistic point of view. But this guy, as an astrophysicist, tried to dis dispute the Bible's claims of prophecies that ended up coming true, predicting scientific events that would happen. And he said, it's irrefutable. There's no, even from a, an astrophysicist perspective, it proved to him that the Bible was real using logic, numbers, science, and math. That, to me, 
is the reason why they try to censor and cancel the Bible and Jesus Christ off social media. Because they know that if an atheist or an agnostic puts the same test upon the Bible, they will come away believing in God. Now, Chris Lartz just said to me that knowing me as a youngster and knowing me today is all the proof he needs that God exists. And a lot of people have a problem with people going to prison and finding Jesus there. But I ask you, where do you expect to find Jesus but at rock bottom? Now, I didn't find Jesus when I was in jail, but he was there. Listen to this. I'm, I'm the guy that gets to tell you that the gospel really works. The gospel is real. The gospel was real. Uh, when I was in the county jail, um, I had given up on God, not because of him, but because of me. I thought, I'm one of the guys that just can't be helped. And um, anyway, in prayer, God really, well, here's what happened. He showed me all my sin. I don't know how to explain it, but in prayer, he took me to the youngest point I remember in life, and he showed me my sin. And what was crazy is there was so much sin that had nothing to do with the crime I committed. And he didn't just show me this sin. He showed it to me and kind of showed me hell with it. And I was in this moment where I was like, oh, I, I mean, I can't, even, I can't even describe it. But in that moment is when he showed me that he loved me. That's when I, he showed me that this is who you really are. This is what you deserve. And there's no way to get around it. There's no, there's no way to get around it. And the truth is, is in that moment, that's when he said, I love you. And so what do I do with that? I mean, to be honest, I, I, I didn't feel like I should do anything. I didn't feel like God was anywhere in my life after what I had done. But man, God has completely changed my life. And it's been that way for a while. I still got a long way to go for sure, but um, but I, I got probably six years left of prison. And see, I'm I'm the guy that gets to tell you that the gospel really works. Pretty powerful stuff, huh? He said. That God showed him from the earliest points of his life that he could remember his sin to show him the capital punishment that he deserves for what he's done so that he could explain to him and have him understand and comprehend that there's no way around what you've done except through Jesus. That's it. Remember when I told you that it hit me so hard one day that I was driving on the interstate and I had to pull over because I was bawling tears, buckets of tears to the point where I couldn't see the road. That's what happened to me that day. God took me back through the earliest points that I can remember sinning, which was swearing underneath a bridge that I lived it by when I was a kid in Illinois. I can remember uh, the, the bridge would echo. So I remember being like five years old under the bridge screaming swear words because I thought it sounded cool. That's the first sin I remember committing. And what did the Lord do right after that? He brought me right to the next sin that I remember committing and then right to the next sin. And then... When he couldn't take me to individual sins anymore because I was living a lifetime of sin, he took me through moments of my life, time spans. Here's what you did when you were 13 to 16. Here's what you did when you were 17 to 25. Here's what you did when you were 25 to 35. Not individual sins. Here's who you were. So he took me from a lifetime of individual sins, pointing them out, separating them, putting a spotlight on each one until they became so countless that you could not put a spotlight on each one. And he brought me through moments and then from moments to time spans until that day when I was on the side of the road 
That's what I was crying. That's why I was bawling. Because I saw who I was. Not what Jesus was offering. The tears went from tears of, I cannot believe who I am. I cannot believe what I've done. To, I cannot believe what you're going to forgive. I cannot believe after you just showed me all of that. After you just showed me evil from the highest mountain to what you're willing to do, which is wipe my ledger clean. So the tears of disgust and embarrassment turned to tears of joy and peace. Same eyes, different tears. Because I became a different person in that 10 minutes I was on the side, 15 minutes maybe, that I was on the side of the road. I became a different person. I died on the side of an interstate. I was born on the side of an interstate. So, when people look back on my life after I'm gone, and they go and visit my grave, which says, Philippians 4.13, through Christ all things are possible, or with Christ all things are possible, whichever, however wording you want, it's whatever version you want to take it from. When people look at that grave, and they read those words, and they know my life, they can say, Jeremy Harrell, born 1979, Morrison, Illinois, Morrison Hospital. Jeremy Harrell died October 2016 on the side of an interstate. Sounds like a pretty depressing end, huh? Ah, but there's more. Jeremy Harrell, reborn October 2016 on the side of an interstate. And the next date has yet to come. Jeremy Harrell goes to heaven. Where were you born and where did you die? And where were you reborn? Maybe if you can think of that today, it'll put a lot of things into perspective for you. And maybe, just maybe after today's show, just maybe, you might look at your trials and your troubles and when they're added together in Christ they'll equal treasures. Not more pain. Mozzie Paws says your sinful nature died that day. Yeah, it did. I never thought about that until today that I died on the side of an interstate. Interstate 91. Maybe that'll be the next song. Interstate 91. I don't know. I got a lot of ideas. <laughs> oh, I got a lot of ideas that I never even end up finishing. Um, died on Interstate 91. Hmm. Roadkill. Ha <laughs> ha. That's what I was. I was I was no different than a dead deer on the side of the road. Till God said, "Wake up." And I was reborn. Walking with God. My headstone will say end of construction. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> That's funny. Mama B says, thank you, Jeremy, for putting this into perspective for me this morning. You're welcome. God is good. Yes, he is. Mr. Kennedy, amazing, Jeremy. There's another fantastic episode I feel was directed towards me again. That you, that's, you know, that's, that's the amazing thing about God is, uh, you know, each person needs to hear something a little different, but the message speaks to each person. Chab says, I've been praying for my two sons. Well, I'll pray for them too. I'll pray, I pray for all your families. At least you weren't a dead skunk, Jeremy. No, but my sin must have stunk like it. The deadly crash that woke you up. Yeah. Jeremy, I bet we met back when you were younger. It's a small world out there. You're probably right, Chris. 
You're probably right. Proverbs 20, 24. The Lord directs our steps. So why try to understand everything along the way? You don't have to. Only control freaks have to. I've been there, done that. Still fighting it. <laughs> Walking in the spirit is like being, in a foot, being a football running back. There's an overall play to direct you. But the real yardage is gained by dashing through the open spaces. Right? There's a plan. So if you're a running back and the plan is a, you know, a, a sweep to the right, you know that the plan is for the, the quarterback to hike the ball, step to his right, hand the running, the, the, the running back the ball, the line will move to the right and protect him, and the plan is for him to go around the outside. That's the plan. Will the plan be executed, though? It's like God's plan for us. He has a plan, but we have free will. So will it be executed? How will it be executed? Which way will we take to get there? Because plans don't always go the right way. Spirit of God shows us those open spaces. Some look like a 350-pound obstacle to us, but not to God, because you can't beat God. He sees the block coming. Our job is simply to put our weight into it and go. Trust. Trust your O-line. That's what my, that's what my, quarter, uh, that's what my uh, coach used to say. Trust your O-line. This is where we often miss God and find ourselves stuck in the middle of uh, a middle row of religion. Didn't Jesus say, I only do what I see my father doing? Wasn't it Jesus who urged his followers to wait for the Holy Spirit who will guide you into all things? Jesus isn't looking for faithful churchgoers. He's looking for copycats. Woo! I like that one. Jesus isn't looking for church faithful churchgoers. He's looking for copycats. He wants folks like you and me who will simply do what our father is doing. Just like he did. What a powerful show today. I want to thank each and every one of you for being here. Of course, we are going to take you out the same way we brought you in. And that's with a little bit of music in the background. Never let go. I want to thank you so very much for lifting me up every day and, 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 and lifting God up, more importantly. All glory goes back to him. Sean Farish is up next with Ungoverned, followed by Live from America. I love you guys. God bless you all. And remember, trials plus tribulations, trials plus troubles, they just equal treasures. That's all. God bless you guys. Thank you very much. Oh, no.